So it's so f frustrating, isn't it? You try to do the right thing, but you actually end up denying the right thing for you because of trying to be a good girl. Hello gorgeous and welcome back to the podcast. So this is a continuation from my episode on the rigidity of a perfectionist. So the things that I'm going to talk about today are going to be quite close to what I talked about in that episode, but more specifically, I am discussing the good girl syndrome and why we really need to let go of that identity. And sometimes it's not a conscious identity, but it certainly, for so many of us, has been a cage, if you will. It, it's become a cage in our lives. And if we want to live a vibrant life, if we want to experience the vibrant flow, we simply cannot let this cage of the good girl syndrome hold us back and I'm going to go into why it's not beneficial to anyone in the long run to be operating from this place so just you know tune yourself in get grounded in your body take a deep breath in into your belly and release the breath through your mouth It's so good to take a few deep breaths every once in a while when you remember to bring yourself back into your body and your awareness back into your body. Like, of course, you're in your body all the time, duh, but, <laughs> but our awareness sometimes isn't and that also accumulates or that sort of tension that comes with it accumulates when we're not tuning in and so this practice of coming back to your body consciously on a daily basis, moment-to-moment -moment basis, is one of the cornerstones of the work that I do and, and, you know, all the experiences that I've had in healing and in coming into the feminine power that is within. So let's jump right in. And I pray that this episode will inspire you and, and really activate something in you. So the good girl syndrome. Why is this so important? Well, I know that so many of you have experienced or have identified yourself in the past or still perhaps in the present as a perfectionist. And the good girl usually has a desire for perfection and it's not a desire for excellence that is actually a good thing. It becomes this um, reason to punish yourself, I would say, when you're not reaching that elusive state of perfection in whatever it is that you are thinking about right now. But there is one other um, noun that we can use, and that is goodism. Now, goodism, um, similar to perfection or perfectionism, is a desire, a constant, like, obsessive need to be good, to be, and more specifically, to be 
observed and to be seen as good. So usually the good girl is the nice girl. And interestingly, the word nice, the etymology of that word, it's a conversion word. I think the roots, like the deep roots are in Latin, but I'm not quite sure. But in Middle English, so Old English, not well, Old English is older than Middle English, but Middle English, hundreds hundreds of years back, the word nice um, actually meant a foolish or a simple person or a fool. (laughs) So think about that. Let that just sink in. If we have this this desire or not even desire, because that is that is not aligned with the deepest desires in us, I would argue. But it's more of this, you know, conditioned need to be perceived as nice and never like wrong or never unkind or or rude or anything. So you already know that nice and kind are very different words and they they come with very different meanings and it they show up differently. Nice, as you now know, with the root of that word and where it comes from is not a very positive thing at the end of the day, but being kind is completely different and that is desirable. But Again, the good girl has usually a very strong fear of disappointing others. And it's so strong sometimes that it, you know, it shows up as reluctance to speak up and this, you know, need to um, be obedient to rules, whatever the rules are. They may be implicit, they may may be explicit, but if there are any perceived rules in any context, the good girl will want to be obedient to those. And there is an avoidance of any conflict, right? Confrontation is so hard for the good girl, right? I've been there. And all of these things that I talk about... um, I have I've I have so much experience in and and this really was the cage that I was in. I was locked up in and I know that so many of you um can say the same. That's why we're here because we are now deciding differently. We are making a different choice and because you do have at any given moment in time the you know you already all oh, You always have power in the present moment and you always have the power to choose differently. And that changes the trajectory of your life. So, yeah, yes, so conflict, confrontation, really hard because it brings up these, you know, it literally your internal... Uh, pharmacy, your brain starts to secrete stress hormones, um, adrenaline and cortisol, even with the thought of conflict or confrontation or speaking up or not being obedient to rules or not reaching some um, idea of perfection or, you know, the, the idea of disappointing someone. Right. And like I said in the episode about rigidity, which really is connected to this, um, it's just, um, it's all about the same thing, essentially. 
the, the good girl does not allow herself to be silly. Like I, I mentioned, my experience is not, you know, allowing myself to be perceived as silly or or out there or, you know, out of the norm or, or you know, you want to be taken seriously, right? You really want to be taken seriously. And so you don't want to risk that by doing something or, or for me it was like, I, I didn't even allow myself to dance in public or do anything that would cause people to really look at me or really pay attention to me or you know evaluate me in a way that in my head would be negative right so this is of course limiting creativity and as you know the feminine truly is rooted in creativity the feminine is the creative power right in so many ways biologically but but in all of the ways so if we are limiting our creativity, if we are limiting that power that is like deep-seated, rooted in us, it's like cellular level um, expression of creativity that the feminine body has, then, you know, how, how can we expect to live a powerfully feminine lives? Um, if we are subscribing, if we are living from this place of, of being a good girl. Right, and I know that so many of you have um, a background in, in Christianity. You're so many of you are Christians, like myself, or you know, spiritually aligned, you know, close to what I'm speaking of at least. That also brings a huge layer to this really strong <laughs> layer to the whole concept of being a good girl. And again, if there are implicit or perceived rules in, for example, a religious uh, context, the good girl really makes sure that she is not perceived as someone who does not abide, that does not um, abide by those rules, right? Right. So now I want to talk about goodism. Yes, goodism. <laughs> as a thing, as a noun, as a phenomenon. So this need to be good or to be perceived as good is actually on a deep psychological level, a neurological level, a source for unconscious rage and anger. Because you're constantly putting these expectations on yourself that very often you cannot even meet, that are not realistic, or even if they are realistic, that unconscious part in you, that inner child, that part that is not logical, that is not about uh, going with the rules or, or, you know, making sure that everyone else is happy, but is actually that part in us that is um, thinking about themselves, thinking about, you know, a it's, it's like a child, like your inner child. It's like your ba baby doesn't think about... Um, others and how to make others comfortable, right? So we all have that part in us, our, in our psyche, in our deep, um, deep in our unconscious, right? And for that part, our the the inner parent that is is sort of like um, trying to whip you together, trying to always be perfect and good. It, it creates this internal conflict. And it creates unconscious rage. And this can be manifest in physical symptoms. 
um, of any kind, chronic symptoms, um, and that's, you know, what I've experienced as well. So women often, those that have any chronic symptoms or pain, have or are exhibiting uh, characteristics of goodism and perfectionism more often than not. And it's not a coincidence. Those two are very much linked, very much. And so very often when we're operating from this place of people-pleasing, right, um, it comes from comes from when we were very little. Like parents, without knowing better or without knowing otherwise, may mistakenly put too much emphasis on for example you know making sure that everyone is is like happy everyone is comfortable or or attaining goals you know make sure that you attain your goals by being a people pleaser to make sure that you survive because it becomes a survival technique it becomes a coping mechanism um that eventually will sabotage your own well-being your physical well-being but also your emotional well-being and you're thriving in in this world right and the good girl always finds herself second guessing herself all the time it's, it it becomes this it becomes this loop of uh, of second guessing yourself because you don't have a deep self trust um or even trusting god um and there's this level of um not having confidence right being very insecure on some level and with me for example people did not perceive me as an insecure person because i've uh for as long as i can remember have been quite assertive and as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I grew up in a family where I got that the strong opinionated person and that, you know, being strong in your convictions, that's what was modeled to me. And there are definitely positive sides to that, but also having that external like assertiveness was there. But um, I was also very much insecure in in many things and it was something that i hid under the surface of someone who is like always attaining perfection whether it was with school um academics hobbies music as a profession um any job that i ever had and um relationships anything so people pleasing really is it's toxic it really is because it doesn't help anyone it doesn't build real real connection and it's never rooted in the feminine right so that constant second guessing yourself because of lack of self-trust or confidence comes from not being rooted in safety not being rooted in trust or faith right and then there's that addiction to outside validation. And this is why the good girl is often operating from codependency. I need you to like me, to be okay with myself. I need you to like me, to feel good about myself just for a minute or for half an hour before 
something else comes up and then I'm again swept up with my with my self-rejection. I need you to like my posts. I need you to like this episode. I need you to, you know, validate me. And yes, we do have a need for validation very often. And sometimes there's a time and a place for that. But this is not it. And I know that you understand what I'm saying here. That codependency, that being dependent on outside something constantly um, creates a chasm between your psyche and trust. It's like you're constantly pushing trust and self-trust away and thus also um, creating a life of being riddled with insecure thoughts. Can I make this choice? What if I make a mistake? Oh my gosh, what if I what if I do something wrong? What if I start this business and it goes wrong? What if I don't know all the answers? What if I don't know all the steps? What if I mess up? What if I say something stupid? Oh my gosh, I can't go on a date with this man. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk to him about. I don't know how to how to be in a scenario like that. I oh my gosh, what 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 is my superior superior is gonna think of me? My supervisor, um, you know, this constant loop. And I'm sure we've, we've all been there. It's it's normal, but it becomes um, a habitual way of thinking for the good girl. And so the good girl also believes that her hope addiction is about being patient. Now, this is a huge one that I've had to deal with, deal with in my life, but I've also seen in other women is that we mistake hope addiction for patience. Those two are not the same. They are not the same, okay? Being patient is a virtue, as we know. But hope addiction is this idea that I'll just, you know, keep on doing the same thing and I'll hope that things change or I'll hope that, uh, um, you know, I'm hoping that things will change, that I'll meet the man that that all things will work out for for my good even even though I am not internally opening up for any of those things that I want so it's this closing of energy this closing up a state rigidity being hope addicted that things will change and thinking that that is patience that is waiting on God Yes, there is a time and a place for waiting on God. Absolutely. And patience is important. We need patience. I'm so impatient. That, the patience is one of the things that I've had to learn or that is the school that I'm still in. <laughs> okay, let me just say that. But, but a good girl who is stuck in hope addiction is constantly staying in that phase of preparation she's always preparing or she's always like staying within the comfort of the normal the usual the the known right she identifies her desires she knows her desires perhaps but is still you know, keeping herself in the phase, like the stage of preparation. There's no courageous action because 
she doesn't want to make a mistake. And that has been me, okay? And I'm sure many of you can say that that has been you. But when we step into discernment and we cultivate discernment with prayer, with, um, with wisdom, we realize that we always will need to take courageous action steps outside our comfort zone to grow and to allow whatever we want, whatever we desire to come in, right? So let's see. Yes, the good girl is addicted to oxytocin and dopamine from like sources outside of herself, like the sources of others' validation. It keeps her going. It keeps her fueled for a little while until, again, that self-berating thought loop activates again. So she's always finding or trying to find that validation from either, you know, checking Instagram, checking social media accounts. Has somebody liked? Has somebody seen my posts, my stories, whatever? Um, And that is keeping her stuck because she's not um, activated within. She's not feeling this liberation of knowing that her worth and value are rooted in her identity in the fact that she is here, in the fact that she has been created by God, that her value and worth are intrinsic to her. The good girl is also very much disconnected from her body. And in the episode that I released yesterday with with Shiana Lee about um, sexuality and sensuality, especially in that episode, like in the context of marriage and marital union, sacred union um, there's still a lot there in terms of this good girl conditioning and in terms of our relationship with our bodies and especially our intimate parts so what that does is it makes you operate in a perpetual conflict in a perpetual cognitive dissonance because you're saying that you want to, you know, love yourself and accept yourself. We talk about self-love and self-care and all these things. And yet at the same time, we're rejecting some part of our bodies. We're shunning it. We're feeling a teensy bit shameful, you know, or, or not icky about something in terms of our bodies. And that creates that, you know, it's it's like a parent who says something like, do this, and then does the exact opposite and models the different, like doing something completely differently, going against what the parent says and modeling that to the child. And the child is like, you say that I should do this, but you, I, I shouldn't do this, but you yourself do it. And the modeling always wins in like parenting, right? Because kids always pick up what is actually happening um so that's like you with yourself saying that oh i want to you know take care of myself self-love self-care and then (laughs) we're still like rejecting part of ourselves and it doesn't work right and this is like like i mentioned in the beginning that it's so my gosh it's 
Oh, it, it's been a biggie, a huge thing for me. That how the good girl has a habitual need to self-punish in subtle ways. And the self-punishment can look like, um, again, rejecting a part of yourself, um, pushing away your um, your emotions, not dealing with your emotions in a queenly manner, in a queenly way, and like the 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 skill of of emotional processing, re- emotional reprocessing is is crucial. But in that self punishment loop, it's this constant like, no, I'm not gonna deal with that, or oh, I shouldn't be thinking about that, and you're constantly berating yourself. Yourself, <clears throat> excuse me. Or you deny yourself something, you deny pleasure, you deny something nice, uh, you, you, you deny yourself the nutrition you need, um, or you go work out like a maniac to punish yourself, or you're keeping up this workout schedule um, from a place of self-punishment um, because you ate three cookies last night, so now you need to work out like a crazy woman. Or do a heat workout or something really intense, even though your body is asking for something different. Um, there are many ways that we self-punish, but one of the important steps in coming into queenhood and stepping from this princess archetype into the queen archetype is to identify the ways we self-punish in subtle ways. And again, I'm emphasizing the word subtle because sometimes it's so subtle that we don't even notice it so we need to um, create more and more awareness and notice what is the driving force what is the driving thought that makes you do whatever for example in the case of working out if I'm not paying attention to it I may roll up my workout mat in the morning and and start working and working out and doing something really intense driven by this idea that I'm not completely even aware of that I ate too much last night or I ate too much yesterday or that I don't deserve something nourishing something soothing something sensual or Something that feels good. I need something that feels bad. <laughs> right? And isn't it interesting that when you're operating or when we're operating from this place of the good girl syndrome, we somehow mistake safety for perpetual pain or self-denial. Or we're just so addicted to others' acceptance that we cannot go on without it. Like, isn't that interesting? Because we can think say, of safety unconsciously as anything. It can be really toxic, as, as you know. Like if, if, if you're used to something, it becomes your normal and thus your, uh, your brain perceives, is, perceives it as safety because it's known. It's not the unknown. But... The good girl doesn't have to have a traumatic, like, with a capital T, past. That's something I want to underline here. You can have grown up in a wonderful family, 
but you very early on picked up this idea that you need to be good and perfect as very often girls are conditioned to be. And so after years and years of, of building this, this ideal of who you should be and how to operate in the world, um, you're actually in perpetual pain because of the self-punishing ways, the self-punishing thoughts or, or the unconscious rage that is just trapped inside because you always need to be good and you cannot make a mistake ever, <laughs> right? And that self-denial is always going to lock you up in the prison of never enough. I'm never enough. I always need to push. I always need to strive to be good and strive to to do the right thing, which keeps you stuck, which keeps you actually doing the right thing. Uh, very paradoxically, very often the good girl tries to do the right thing and ends up not doing the right thing for her what god is calling her to do just step into something courageous something um that she really desires but hasn't allowed herself to experience hasn't allowed herself to receive and accept that i am worthy of this so it's so f frustrating isn't it you try to do the right thing but you actually end up denying the right thing for you because of trying to be a good girl this need to be accepted is understandable when we realize female psychology and biology which is about seeking tribal safety seeking safety and connection with the tribe so that you are not ostracized or um, put outside the community which is safety and survival so yes, we, we get to understand this and through understanding it and recognizing, okay, what is driving it, we, we can see that, okay, there's this biological level to it, but then there's this huge amount of conditioning that we in, in our modern society also, also experience and then unraveling all those layers. So again, the good girl is in constant inner conflict and cognitive dissonance because also her values and her behavior are not aligned. She can have values of like, I don't know, abundance and, and freedom or creative expression or, or loving others like you love yourself and doing unto others as you would have them do unto you these beautiful values, but then her behavior is constantly in conflict with that because she's not treating herself as someone you respect, as someone you love, and as someone you also want to grow and experience expansion. So what you need to think about, or what we need to think about, is committing to our own individual principles and values and this is really a part of owning your inner warrioress and your queen. Get to know your inner warrioress. Warrioress and queen, right? As you know, the warrioress is about having fierce boundaries and 
and the queen is sitting in this on this throne of inner safety also being assertive in a queenly manner right from a kind place but assertive with fierce boundaries and you notice here that jealousy and being triggered by those who get what they want um is is driven by this in internal conflict that the good girl is constantly stuck in because on some level you're not allowing yourself to get and receive what you want and then you're being triggered by those who have what you want or have something similar to what you want and at the same time asking like why don't I have that and feeling that sinking that deflating feeling of I am not enough and it always boils down to I'm not worthy I'm not enough or something is wrong with me because I'm not experiencing what they have I don't have the relationship I'm not married or I don't have kids or I don't have an, uh, a successful home-based business or I'm not an artist or uh, whatever it is right but when you when we realize this there is this huge liberation that come can come about and I really do hope that you get to experience it and that you've already experienced it on some level. This huge liberation of accessing that true abundance, which is not about like money. Yes, money is part of that. But for me, for the longest time, like it has started with everything else. Abundance in in feeling good, abundance in safety, abundance in in loving thoughts, towards myself abundance in receiving what god has for me abundance in encounters with people with with sensual and sensory pleasure um simple things right so get to know your inner warrioress and queen okay and let your yes be yes and your no be no because the good girl is always saying yes, even though she knows that she shouldn't be saying yes or that she will be exhausted. But, oh gosh, she'll risk that self-punishing behavior if she can make sure that others accept her and are comfortable around her and feel like she's a, you know, a good or nice person. That needs to go. I've said this before, like if, if, for example, I show up, um, if I show up with someone that I'm meeting, whether it's um, like I'm meeting a friend over coffee, I don't tr- drink coffee, but more tea or whatever, um, in a coffee shop anyway, or I'm meeting with a client or whatever it is, um, having this connection time in, in, in some level. And I would show up with this energy of like, I don't want to be here. I I don't even want to be here. But I promised and I said yes, even though I wanted to say no. So here I am. And you're dragging this sticky energy. This I don't even want to be here energy with you. Sometimes you can sort of push it aside and decide that, okay... And yes, if, if you are there and you have committed to something, you get to choose differently and align yourself with how you want to feel. But most often we consciously or we are not consciously doing that. 
And so we drag this energy, this presence of, of you actually having dragged yourself there. There is no pleasure. There is no elation. There's no vibrant energy there, right? And how does that feel to the other person? They may not consciously like recognize what's going on, but they are going to feel something and it's not pleasant. So let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because you want to show up with, with this queenly energy, with this queenly presence. As we talked about in the perfume of your life, in episode 81. How you want others to feel around you and what is the emanation that you want to have as a feminine woman. And of course, the self-criticism, like the good girl has a PhD in self-criticism. And the self-criticism is eating away at her. And it's not a coincidence that people who have arthritis, for example, are very self-critical people, usually very critical of themselves, deeply rejecting themselves, sometimes not realizing it, but it's the... um, you can just feel it around them and sometimes it's something that we need to face in ourselves there was something that I heard an interview of Dr. James Doty who is a I think he's a neuroscientist um, or anyway well a doctor but brain surgeon or something like that I don't remember he has a book I, I should read it but what he said is that Self-criticism is not an attribute that's on, that's good because it limits you. When when you're hypercritical to yourself, it's like laying down brick by brick to build a prison for yourself, a prison that's not only small, but it starts getting dark. When you are in that prison, you start to believe that you don't have any agency. Again, going back to that not worthy, cannot do, cannot, you know, cannot have what they have being triggered loop. And I thought that quote was really, really good and insightful. So remember that the reason why you're not experiencing what you desire is because you're not allowing yourself to be that woman. You're not giving yourself permission to step outside the prison of self-criticism out of fear of making a mistake, which again, paradoxically, becomes the greatest mistake, the thing that you're going to regret at the end of your life. And that fear of like, of needing to always do the right thing leads you to not do the right thing. That's for you, then what you're called to do and how you're called to grow and how you're called to show up in this world and and ha- having a beautiful effect, a beautiful effect on others and shine as a feminine woman. Like really emanate this vibrancy and radiance and magnetism. Let me know how you are stepping into your inner warrioress and queen, how you are cultivating that and what is the courageous action step, one courageous action step that you are going to do today. Like just one thing, something that takes you outside of your comfort zone that tells you and and starts to create evidence for your conscious mind to see that 
you can trust yourself that you actually do what you're saying that you're going to do, like creating self-trust that you can move forward and not stay stuck. And it starts with one thing. And I want to encourage you to move forward with all of this. And if you feel like you are stuck right now, know that there's hope. There's definitely hope. And when you are tuning in and you're practicing this state of radical receivership that I talk about as the feminine vessel, you know, things start to shift in a way that's going to surprise you because you no longer are stuck in this, am I going to make a mistake? Like, think about if if I would let that stop me, I would not put one episode out. I would never put an episode out because first, they're not perfect. Sometimes I say something really funny or weird in my own opinion or I just you know my mind is mumbled up and and I can't find the word and just like in the virginity episode I could not pronounce the word spontaneous (laughs) it's just I don't know why my brain was just like what is the word what I, I just can't find the word anyway I would not do anything it would it would be so imprisoning that's probably not even an adjective. Anyway, it would be so limiting to stay in that place of where I'm constantly thinking about myself and constantly making sure that I'm not making a mistake, which I, if I let myself do that, you would not have any of these episodes, not one. And I've, I, I decided that that's not going to let, let, you know, stop me. That's not going to stop me. I'm not going to let it stop me. And it doesn't mean that I never have these thoughts of, oh gosh, like, what did I say? Like, I often have those ideas. I'm like, oh, was that episode even any good? I mean, did I even make sense? I have those thoughts so often. And that, you know, perfectionistic streak that I no longer want to identify with, it sometimes still, you know, crops up and, and tries to bully me because I did not pronounce the words spontaneous perfectly for some reason because my brain was just in tilt and and I I make that decision every time it comes up that I'm not gonna let it stop me because when I shift my focus to the to being in service to you to being in this state of being a vessel to have the inspiration flow through me and to you I'm just a vessel. Vessel. I'm not thinking about, oh, am I perfect? You know, gosh, did I, did, am I saying everything perfectly? No, is that that's not helping anyone. I would just stay stuck and I wouldn't do anything. And and you, you know, it just makes my day every time you send me a message about how these episode episodes have inspired you or or helped you think about your life and perceive your life of life as a feminine woman differently or you've under, you sort of started to understand your femininity in a completely different way well none of that would happen and that beautiful cycle of abundance would not be in place there if i let myself be stuck in these petty ideas about me not being worthy or me not being good enough or or me not, me being completely occupied with you know trying not to make any mistakes none of that would be happening and when you st- start to live in that flow that vibrant flow 
it's a beautiful paradox of coming home to yourself and finding self-acceptance that is so liberating and also tuning yourself to God's love in a completely new way and at the same time you're not that preoccupied with yourself you're not obsessed about how you're being perceived because you're in service to others and I'm thinking about you and sure I started this podcast because I wanted to just process what I was going through and that's still what I'm doing but what keeps me going is seeing that this helps you that this inspires you that this helps you move forward and so thank you for sending messages that those are never uh, unwanted and there's never too many of those <laughs> ever so thank you for sending me um, what you think and how you feel about this and wh- what it stirs in you what it activates in you but again the good girl like the solution for my good girl syndrome really has been this revelation of the fact that anyone a true artist a true entrepreneur a true like mother uh, a wife a friend whatever it is that you do in in this life um, employee it's about being in service it's about being a feminine vessel and this is the way you experience abundance this is the way you experience guidance and the vibrant flow because you're not crunching up you're not like um deflating into this mass of pity and self-rejection and self-punishment and and self 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 right (laughs) because you're thinking about how can i be of service to others how can i do something that lights up someone else that brings a smile to someone else's face and that's also how we experience purpose and real joy and it's not about like being a doormat it's not about um, self you know forgetting about yourself and not taking care of yourself absolutely not it's an ecstatic experience it is so i can't even put words in i can't even describe it because it's um even like if i think about myself as an artist okay i've i've been I haven't released music for some time because I've just been really busy with, uh, you know, last academic year and the thesis that I've talked a million times about. <laughs> You're pretty much um, bored with me already. But it's it's been a huge thing right now. So, of course, I would mention it because it takes up so much, so much of my time. Uh, but, like, even when I think about an artist... A true magnetic artist, whether it's about a singer, a performer, dancer, or someone who does paintings or whatever. The ones that are truly magnetic, they're deeply connected to their unique um, skills and unique talents and their unique vision. But they're also in service. Like they are, you know, they're, for example, a performer that is truly magnetic on stage is connecting with the audience is is serving the audience in a way with integrity with with so much excellence that it no longer become or it no longer is about them 
It's, it's no longer about the artist. The artist becomes a vessel so that the music or whatever, the dance, the moves are flowing through her. That's what I also want to cultivate more when once I get back to like music with my new fresh vision that I've been cooking up behind the scenes but now is not the time I'm I'm in a different season so finishing up my academics and then moving on to that again but now I'm rambling but I just wanted to say that you know whatever your life is about right now you get to feel that ecstatic vibrant abundance of being a vessel instead of trying to be a good girl a good wife a good mother and this is the way expansion happens in every area of your life in your relationship with your children if you have um, children and in your dating life if you're dating if you're um, wanting to open yourself up for meeting the man that you want to marry or or um, with your friends, with your co-workers. It is an amazing experience. Amazing experience. It's like you're tuning yourself to the right station. You're, you have the right radio station on. And it's all about this exchange of love, exchange of, of radiance, of vibrancy, of, of bliss and pleasure. And you find so much pleasure in the fact that you get to be a vessel, that you get to be in service to those that you're serving. Whether it's your profession, occupation, at home, uh, with your family members. And you just start to light up. It, it, it's amazing how people start to pick up on this magnetic energy. And you start to draw new kinds of experiences to you, new people to you that you didn't even realize were in your sphere or you didn't pay attention to previously because you were stuck in this limiting uh, paradigm of the good girl, right? The rigid good girl who is afraid of making mistakes and you no longer are riddled with those thoughts of self-doubt and not trusting yourself. Anyone who has ever done anything remarkable in life has had to leave these thoughts behind. It doesn't mean that they, they never experienced those thoughts anymore or they didn't crop up or they didn't sometimes come up in a way that felt really difficult or immobilizing. <laughs> but they had to choose uh, to trust and for example, an entrepreneur, for example, really needs to have self-trust. That's something that I'm cultivating, that deep connection with God and deep self-trust, because without that, I am just not going to enjoy the journey. I am not going to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm going to make it so hard on myself, and it's not worth it. Like, what? what is the point of going towards your dreams, going, going to pursue your dreams and... Um, working on those dreams of yours and your those goals of yours if you're not going to enjoy the journey and the good girl is never really enjoying the journey she's always keeping herself in this rigid energy it's not feeling good so you can let it be easy 
You can learn to let it be easy. You can tell yourself, I am willing to learn to let it be easier. I am willing to let go of the good girl paradigm and syndrome and the, the good girl identification. I am ready to let go of these self-punishing behaviors that that are present in my life in, in subtle ways. I am ready to let go of the self-rejection that I previously didn't realize that I had and I'm ready to start living rooted in my feminine essence resting in providence resting in trust like I said in one of my posts um, on Instagram when when you are rooted in your feminine essence all of all kinds of expansion starts to happen like the the mundane things that you have in your life start to feel so much better like reading for me right now reading academic papers turns into an inspiring experience I'm getting inspiration for episodes and for songwriting and just you know having these aha moments for life and every encounter I have evokes a new level of awareness and daily routines sparkle with this newfound newfound joy and writing papers, research papers and reports, they fuel my uh, my creativity in other areas. Again, like songwriting or podcasting or or coaching. And, and every setback that seemed like a setback at the time is, is turning into a path of soul expansion. And it was the exact exact right thing that needed to happen at the time so that I can experience what I'm experiencing right now and abundance bubbles over the edges of my heart is that like not what we want to experience I think so (laughs) so ask yourself how are you not allowing the things that you want to flow in how are you not allowing yourself to be the woman that you desire to be How are you not allowing yourself to let go of the good girl conditioning? Where are you still holding on to it for safety, for perceived safety, for acceptance, for fear of rejection? These are important questions that you need to ask. This is something that we really dive deep into in the Vibrant Woman program where we start to integrate the seven pillars of vibrancy into your life. Check it out if you're interested. Just, you know, right now I'm not accepting new clients if you're listening to this when I put this episode out. But later this spring, I will open up spots again for one-on-one coaching. Um, so yeah, that's amazing, amazing work. But I'm going to stop now. This is this has been a longer episode than I thought it would be. But I was in the flow, so I had to say these things. Hope it inspired you. Hope it activated you. Hope it really like got you going and evoked a new sense of hope and rekindled this zest for life. And if it did, please share it. Please leave a five-star rating. It helps me if you... If you um, have any suggestions, any guest um, suggestions or topic ideas, I have I have all of those that you've sent me written down, and I will get to those uh, one by one um, 
So be patient with me and um, any improvements, let let me know. <clears throat> Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for being here. I so appreciate you and I hope that you stay in the vibrant flow. Sweet